At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 20. From multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half, how'd you get And you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. Yes, I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning, and then 45 minutes later, she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. Welcome back. Episode 81 of the Operator Podcast is right here. I'm your host, Robert J. O'Neill, former U.S. Navy SEAL, former SEAL Team 6 operator. Here's a spot, a platform, where I will tell you what I think about current events. I will tell you what I think sometimes about history and things like that. I just got back from SHOT Show in Vegas with uh, Watchtower Firearms. What a blast flying out to Vegas, back to Vegas real quick. Playing with the uh, the Nisro 15 from Watchtower Firearms. If you haven't checked that out, go check out Watchtower Firearms. There's some um, <laughs> the coolest guns I've ever used. We built them from the bottom up in Houston, Texas, from uh, bricks of aluminum to these cool-ass guns. Great sights on them with the EOTech. Um, Vegas is always cool. In and out, I saw Michael Jackson, whatever show that is. Pretty cool. I went with my sister. It was awesome. And then hung out with the boys, men and women from Watchtower. With uh, Jason and Ray Cashcare, former Navy SEAL. Had a good time out there. Great to see everybody. Talk shop. All that stuff was a blast. Get to the airport. Watch people in uh, in the airport in their natural state, which is always fun for me. I, I don't travel quite as much as I used to, and I've talked about it on the, on the podcast before, but it is always funny to see. Um, it's the same thing over and over. Uh, the same groups of people. I'm not sure which one I am yet. I'm sure I'm annoying. I don't know if I I don't know. I know that like I have family members who are the people that stop in the middle of the airport, just stop and like are staring up out of nowhere. Uh, loud, loud, pointy, talky guy on his uh, headset, which is always a. Bl- you know who's who uh, I run into quite a bit is the person who likes to use a speakerphone in public, which I think is you know whatever. I mean, I saw it the other day with a, a dude was FaceTiming his granddaughter, or whatever. That's one thing. But when, in the grocery store, people trying to hammer out the rest of that grocery list while you're standing in the aisle, or in this case, in the airport. But, um, yeah, good to fly out there. Met some great people. Fly back real quick. And now we're here hosting, filming, taping the Operator Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. This is talking about mental help. Uh, You don't need to have stress 
you don't need to have been in combat to have post-traumatic stress. A lot of people get um, can get, you know, have have rough times, and it, it helps. You can grow when you talk to someone. It's good to let it out. I always tell people to, if you're having a good day, call someone, and having a bad day, call someone. And this is uh, called BetterHelp. It's completely online. You can do it from home. All therapists are licensed, accredited professionals. BetterHelp allows you to connect with them in a safe, convenient online environment. You pay a low-fat fee. Sorry, a low flat fee for unlimited therapy with your therapist. Therapy doesn't have to be expensive. Do it on your own time, at your own pace. Communicate with your therapist as often as you want, whenever you feel it's needed. Thousands of people are doing it. I've done it. It's great to talk about stuff. You can uh, just check the reviews on their website at uh, BetterHelp. And you can switch therapists at any point if you feel like you're not getting through. If you're thinking about doing therapy, getting therapy, which I recommend, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. Designated to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a therapist, and you can switch. And uh, you can switch anytime. You can discover your potential at BetterHelp.com/operator. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com/operator. You can get ten percent off your first month. Ten percent off at BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P.com/operator. BetterHelp dot com slash operator and also because it is called shot show there's stuff to shoot stuff to hold things that shoot uh load bearing stuff gear like that it was a lot bigger out there than i thought there's a couple different uh, conventions that a lot of good people great americans uh, i got to see uh, muddy river tactical also i mentioned them before those these uh, kick-ass holsters kevin mason their owners out there at shot show uh, owns muddy river tactical uh these things are just high speed they're um Inside the waistband, outside the waistband, Kydex and leather. They're specialty holsters. I was. Uh, they, they have some for saddlebags for your um, for your for your motorbike. Uh, EDC dump tray. Keep your money with your gun. All that stuff. Uh, Muddy River Tactical uh, holsters are made with uh, CNC. That's a computer numerical control, and these machines play an important role in the development uh, of these holsters. Uh, the machines are controlled by a computer and provide a uh, level of efficiency, accuracy, and consistency that would be impossible to achieve through manual process. These holsters are made in the USA. It's a family-owned company, like I said. And the reason uh, Kevin started it was just because uh, wasn't get, he wasn't getting the, the gear he wanted, the quality he wanted, and the, and the uh, customer service wasn't there. You're going to get that at Muddy River Tactical. Like I said, inside the waistband, outside. There's light-bearing options, range and duty holsters, no BS lifetime warranty, 15-day risk-free trial. Uh, if you don't love it, send it back for a full re- refund. Follow uh, Muddy River Tactical on Facebook and Instagram. And when you go to their website, muddyrivertactical.com, you will save 15% off with code THEOPERATOR. So go check out muddyrivertactical.com. Use code THEOPERATOR for a good discount. And uh, when I was saying the, the about customer service, they do monitor emails 18 hours a day, seven days a week. So go check out muddyrivertactical.com, code the operator for 15% off. But I love having you here. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for being a listener. And if you listen to the show, uh, you are aware of the disaster that I think this administration is doing to the American retirement system. President Biden's overspending and overprinting of money alone are the two main reasons the Americans' retirement accounts have lost 25% over the past two to three years. That's a lot. Did you know that the net loss on all retirement plans is $1 trillion and that pension plans have lost $3.3 trillion in quarter three of 2023 alone? 
And how about this one? Under Biden, the average American family has lost $7,400 in annual income this year. That's $22,000 in net after-tax income that's been lost per household. In fact, 60% of Americans complain that their income has not kept pace with increases in their household expense and, uh, expenses because of inflation. And that's just everyday stuff. For Americans who are planning to retire with a million in their IRA, uh, that now they're going to be down around a quarter million. Not good when you're losing your retirement. Now Americans are faced with having to work a decade longer than they wanted before they could retire. But you can prevent this. Uh, believe me, I know the power of gold and what it can do for retirement accounts. Whether you prefer physical gold and silver or simply want to protect your IRA or 401k, I would trust the specialist with Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has the highest trust ratings in the precious metal industry. You will not be disappointed. I know them. I've spent time with them. Their relationships are based on integrity, experience, impeccable service, and communication. So go to protectwiththeoperator.com today. Protectwiththeoperator.com today and download my free wealth protection guide. It'll tell you everything you need to know about gold and precious metals. It's where you want your money to go. Or try this new number. Here's a good one. Call 8445 U.S. SEAL. That's 844-5-U-S-S-E-A-L, SEAL. Protect your retirement and with Allegiance Gold to get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase. You can call them today and begin your stress-free journey to financial freedom. So that website is protectwiththeoperator.com, protectwiththeoperator.com, or that really cool number, 844-5-U-S SEAL. But yeah, flying's fun. Great to see people. I flew uh, JetBlue on the way out and then United on the way back. United's been getting a little bit of heat lately. Uh, did you see the what happened with Congressman uh, Dan Crenshaw's family and uh, what went on with the customer service? It's almost like they were getting targeted. The I guess the, um, the way it was explained to me was I guess one of the agents was getting pretty handsy, which you shouldn't be putting your hands on people anyway with uh, Dan Crenshaw's wife. It was like trying to grab their dog or something like that. And then uh, um, Crenshaw uh, met, I guess, face to face with one of the one of the um, one of the people from United. And it was it was just one sided and totally biased. It looked it looked like someone was targeting him just just because of probably politics. But uh, I didn't have any issues, had a bed on the way out and a seat on the way back. You ever taken the bed flights? If you if you get the opportunity to do that, I highly recommend it on a uh, on a cross country flight. It's uh, t- about six hours to get back, five six hours to get there, five hours to get back, something like that. A little, a little almost red eye action, but um, fun time. Saw a lot of people out there. Rudy Reyes was out there with Jade, and I saw Ray Cash Care, former Navy SEAL. Um, if you haven't, hey, go to go to the Watchtower Firearms WatchtowerFirearms.com, uh, and check out the new Apache Double Stack Nine Eleven. Um, just unveiled that bad boy, and uh, you want to go get it now. There's, they're only going to make, uh, I don't know how many they're going to make, 500? And the orders are filling up fast. Maybe 500 per month, but uh, the Apache's badass. There's a cool video on there, too, if it's worth checking out, Watchtower Firearms. And then you get to see Ray's face right there also. So that's always a good thing, but it's good. Got to see some people sign some stuff and whatnot. And then uh, trying to re-catch up on current events, because I do like to try to maintain... I wasn't able to watch much of New Hampshire, but uh, I guess Trump won pretty big again. And uh, Nikki Haley's not bailing out, too. I, I can't really blame Nikki Haley for not bailing because she, I mean, she is finishing, <clears throat> she is finishing second. Excuse me. <clears throat> She's uh, came in second, but there's like only two people left now. 
And a lot of the Republicans are saying they should be rallying around their uh, the candidate who's who's going to be Donald Trump. I don't I don't think it's she's going to South Carolina soon. That's her home state. There's nothing wrong with doing that and Super Tuesday and seeing where you where you pan out. But I think um, you know even even some um, were on her end were angry because they're saying that they're trying to coronate Donald Trump. But it's pretty obvious he's going to get the nomination. So. Should be good. Um, <clears throat> still the same the same stuff as far as yeah. Well, you know her camp saying well she you know she won half the vote. If you won half the vote, you tied. You didn't win half the vote. You won like twenty seven percent of the vote. Trump got the rest. There was like two percent who voted for someone else or wrote something in. All that goodness. But here's something interesting, and I I need to caveat this with not being an expert. I was in the military and I was good at that, but I also know how to read. Um, did you, so there's a, there's a, a woman named Carrie Lake and you probably have heard of her in, in Arizona. And I just heard this today. <clears throat> I was listening to Glenn Beck and they got video of, uh, the major part of the Republican, uh, committee. Um, they, they got him on tape trying to bribe Carrie Lake to stay out of the race in Arizona. She's running for governor in Arizona. She, she, I'm sorry. For Senate, she ran for governor, um, and obviously you have the the debates about what really happened in Arizona. I've heard some shady stuff in Arizona. Um, some of the ways the polling places are run, you know, one of the what they'll do a lot of times. <clears throat> part of the problem that I have with, um, well, one of the problems I have with the mainstream media is uh, how they call elections. the 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 media is not supposed to call elections, but we've all seen how they do. And the issue with calling elections is, say you're working all day long and then you go to vote after work and then they're already saying they called the the state for so-and-so. Then you're just like, well, why would I vote then? I'm just going to go home. And that's a tactic they use. There is a lot of manipulation out there. But this one is really bad. There's a, there's a, uh, a high-ranking member of the Republican Party on tape bribing her, asking her. He kept referring to... Uh, got a call from back east, which obviously means Washington D.C., and they they want her to get out of the the race for Senate. They don't want her to run. They, are, they I mean, and she actually on tape says, "I wouldn't run. I'm not. I'm not getting out of the race for ten million, twenty million, not a billion. Uh, she can't be bought. People can be bought, but it's scary to have this on tape, watching this happen in this country. Because um, if <clears throat> if one conversation like that is caught on tape. How many more are going on that we don't know about? And the guy's even saying that uh, the dude that was talking to her, um, you know, D.C. is just a big back-scratching place. You know, we just all scratch each other's backs. And the people back east, they'll give you whatever you want. And they'll, uh, they said to ask her if she wants to be on the board of some different companies to, um, to get on the payroll to get out of the race because, you know, it's, it, the end result is the politics and they don't want her to run because she's, I think, this is me, I think because she's pro-Trump and they don't want that. And... The higher you go up in the in the power echelons uh, of Washington D.C. and of politics and of things like that, um, you, they kind of lose sight of the party, and they're just all about buying whomever will do their bidding, and that's what it is. Uh, and that's um, one of the issues they're saying is that uh, like um, this kind, you know, they're saying that's, that that happens to a lot of different candidates because they're going to pull the strings regardless of who's in charge. So there's that. That's the rumblings there. It's a disturbing video I, or audio. I do not have it myself, but if you can find it, uh, check it out uh, and just listen to it. See what you think. It just, I mean, it almost sounds like um, uh, like a bad guy from a '50s movie. 
like walking in there all slimy and, and offering uh, to buy it out. But that it's it's a state of affairs that we're in right now. What's what's happening? Is is it is it because we have more devices that can listen? Is it because we're all on social media? Is it because we're all connected? Or has it always been like this? It's probably always been like this. I've been to DC quite a few times and uh, don't get me wrong, I, I I have a good time in DC. It is fun and I do have friends there. I'll be going up there in uh in April of uh, this year. I'm going to bring the Nisro 15. I keep bringing up Watchtower Firearms. I'm actually ro- rolling the gear. Look at that shirt. If you can, you probably can't see it if you're just listening. Um, Ray Cash Care. I don't think he designed it, but he had mine made for me. That was very nice. But what was I saying? Um, uh, I let's see. We love DC. We had fun there, and I completely lost my train of thought. I was going to go off onto something else. But if if that's the kind of thing that uh, is happening, it it, it it should be concerning to you. And that's the Republicans. <laughs> you know, I've always said, man, DC's fun. I, I I have a tendency to vote right, but sometimes it's more fun to party with liberals. So. <laughs> Uh, so it is, that is what it is. Um, yeah, the event in, um, April will be, I'm bringing the Nisro 15 out there to shoot. So I will get you more info on the range. I need to find a range around DC in the Virginia area because it's getting any kinds of, uh, guns anywhere in a blue city is tough. And, um, yeah, so we're going to, I'll keep you posted on that. The Nisro 15, that's also on, on Watchtower Firearms. If you want to check that gun out too, but, um, yeah, weird, weird events they're they're going to keep moving around but it, it seems like the right is uh surrounding and backing up trump now it's, i think it's just a matter of time before uh before that gets going so here's a story that was just brought to my attention maybe two weeks ago it's uh down in north carolina it involves um a man by the name of sergeant major chuck ritter he's the deputy commandant for the army special operations non-commissioned officer academy uh, down there in North Carolina, a lot of uh, a lot of special force down there. So this is a good dude, uh, highly decorated combat veteran. You get up to that rank too, sergeant majors as high as you get, and uh, basically, that's the dude walking around on the base who literally knows what he's doing. The sergeant major, master chief, um, they're the they're the guys that know how to run the show, and you don't get to that position by accident. Um, a couple years ago, in a in a pretty big ambush, I guess um, Sergeant Major was uh, awarded the Silver Star in a gunfight for saving some uh, some partners' lives in Afghanistan. His story, I'll let him tell that. But uh, Silver Star, three Purple Hearts, um, guy's been around. <laughs> yeah, guy is in the fight. Uh, he had an. There's an incident though that's going on involving, if you can believe this. Um, some reporters, there's a reporter named Jack Murphy, who is a former, I want to say former Ranger and Green Beret also. And, uh, he reported a story that the, the person who sent it to me was from Twitter, Stolen Valor. This has nothing to do with Stolen Valor, but it's a story about BS because, um, one of the guys that worked for Sergeant Major Ritter, uh, in Syria had an issue and his, um, the guys call him Reggie. So, uh, his name is spelled uh, Reginball. Dan Reginball. They call him Reggie, so I'm going to call him that because I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. But it involved him, Reggie, getting in a fight, I guess, in Syria with one of his guys, a, a, a warrant officer, so obviously someone that outranks him. And then he was sent home early by Sergeant Major um, Ritter because uh, I guess the word was he needed an ego check. 
So the guy, uh, he's he's tough to be around. Not a good spot. You do bump heads once in a while when you when you're overseas living in 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 confined spaces like that, and plus in a, in a pretty high stress environment. And I think anywhere that you live where a rocket could fall on your face qualifies as a um, stressful environment, or the, the 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 presence of stress might be there. But sent the guy home, sent Reggie home, and um, this is a third special forces group. And inevitably, he they took his his uh, tab, his special forces tab, which is what Green Berets wear on their on their on their shoulder, along with the Green Beret on their heads. But they took it from him for for um, misanthropy, if that's a word. But the issue started with um, Jack Murphy writing an article about Ritter saying that he was basically trying to sleep with Reggie's wife. That's that's the the Reggie. Uh, sorry, <clears throat> the the wife was saying that she was getting inappropriate text messages, sexting, if you will, in pictures, and um, that's not good. But it's also not true. It's not what happened. And later it proved that it didn't happen because <clears throat> this um, this woman Kate, I guess, had a history of doing that to people of. Uh, starting a conversation with the text and then manipulating the text to make it look like something else happened. And they all later admitted to it, but not before uh, Murphy printed an article about this guy that looks like he's trying to have sex with one of his subordinates' wives, which is bad. So this, uh, this woman, <clears throat> history of doing that, she also did that to Reggie himself. I guess, this is the word I got because I wasn't there, that um, um, – she would text Reggie overseas pretending to be her father, who I guess was also a sergeant major and was, you know, just, I mean, doesn't even really matter what she's saying if she's pretending to be her father, texting her fiance at the time. But um, yeah, weird shit like that's going on. There's a video of her too. And I don't know if if she's with an ex-boyfriend or her ex-husband, but it's crazy. You can find this stuff online there. It's, it's on a thread on stolen valor. And um, Julio Rosas, they, they, they put, they, they've got all this stuff on here. And uh, the, the, the thing is, Murphy won't clear his name, even though there was an investigation into the woman and to the, and the guy. And it's you know, written official document saying none of this happened. It's all made up. We made it all up. It was like a conspiracy to get after him. Um, but like one of the videos they show, <clears throat> she brings a dude over to her house. Like, I think it's Reggie moving out of his house or grabbing stuff because he thinks She's not going to be home. And um, she comes home with another dude, but but not just another dude, another Green Beret. So she brings a dude home to her house. And there, I mean, these two dudes obviously could potentially have a conflict. This is where bad shit could, could happen. The good news there was that uh, cooler heads did prevail, even with the guy saying to the new guy, you're going to wish you didn't connect with her you're gonna wish you didn't do this she she's done this like 10 different times where she pretends to be somebody else and completely tries to just ruin someone else's reputation because she had it in her mind that he he being um uh, sergeant major ritter was the reason her husband got fired just him it wasn't couldn't be because her husband wasn't acting well her fiance at the time wasn't acting well because he's got to be bad so they were when they all got back i guess they were all out at a bar a popular bar down there and um they sort of kept their distance from each other, but the uh, Reggie's fiance, now wife or former wife, what is crazy, came over to him and started basically saying, "Well, 
I'm having problems at home and he's an abusive, uh, it's an abusive relationship and I'm just going to need your help or whatever. And that's how the texts started. That's how he got, she got her number. And I guess the conversation was pretty cordial, but you can tell the ill intent that's there. Um, yeah, so they, uh, it's, this has nothing to do with stolen valor. It's just someone lying about someone else trying to ruin their career. And it's a sad state of affairs that when we see that, because, uh, Jack Murphy hasn't even posted an update yet on, oh, this was wrong. I, I got bad information, but I printed it anyway. And we see that a lot with the media where you don't need to tell the truth. You just need to be first. You need to have the big story and that's what it is. And I think it was so bad to the, and this, you know, you're getting into, into defamation of character type stuff here and libel, uh, and slander if he's saying it right. Um, <clears throat> but to do that to someone and now, so Chuck Ritter's about to retire, Matt, uh, Sergeant Major, like I said, this is, this had an effect on his career. I mean, maybe he would have, I mean, gotten a different job in a higher position because you can, you know, go, go all, the way, all the way up to the Sergeant Major of the uh, Army at, at some point or like a, a, a fleet master chief in the Navy. But apparently a lot of that got stalled just because of this loud woman who on the, when you see this video of her going to that house too, it's crazy. She's in there running her mouth, trying to get people to fight. I, I guess the dude whose house it was had his a relative with him filming her the whole time. It's naturally she's all up in their face too. And just, uh, just a fine human being. It's, it seems like, but it's just, it's, it is sad. I mean, at least, you know, someone who's been in the media, if something's wrong, it's nice to, to see someone say, you know what? I was wrong. And that's okay. Even though it really doesn't take away the, uh, the damage that potentially could have been done. I mean, what if you don't, you don't know what happened because of something that someone prints, what if uh Sergeant major Ritter has a job lined up or something and now they're questioning it because of these allegations, even though they were all BS and that's what people do. I mean, there's, you know, there's stuff I have too, that I'm, I've been in the media quite a bit too, and, and it's just uh, I've seen false stuff be printed, and and you're like, how can you get away with that? And even if they sometimes take it out, we you don't always see a retraction. I think in this case, uh, I'm, I'd like to to talk to to Sergeant Major Ritter if I get a chance and see what's where this is going. Because like I said, this is all secondhand information that I'm reading, but the video's there. And um, the point too is, I, I think the first time that I ever. Uh, rec- not recognized, but saw this sort of behavior was in the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. And uh, Lou Gossett Jr. played Gunnery Sergeant Emil Foley. What a great... I think he... Did he get a, a, an Academy Award for that? I think he did, playing Foley. Um, but he was talking to these recruits at this uh, officer's candidate school up in uh, Washington. They said they got the Puget Debs who come uh, come over here every weekend with one thing in mind, to marry themselves a naval aviator. So, uh, yeah, so the, the, the girls hang out there in that movie, and they go to the ball, and then, unfortunately, in places like this in North Carolina and Virginia Beach, there are those types of girls, too, that, why not, man? Go out to the bar, meet some people. They used to call them, uh, in Virginia Beach, we called them frog hogs, and they're real. Um, and they can be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, n- no shortage of that. We, um, um, cause you get, I mean, it, think about it, man, local, ki- local girl, you got pilots in there, you got seals in there. Maybe, maybe some, if nothing else, it'd be something cool perhaps, but, uh, this is that case. And, and, uh, I think this, instead of a lot of the, um, a lot of the training that they're giving soldiers, uh, as far as command climate. And as far as um, whatever kind of diversity, equity, and inclusion training that they're doing, that maybe they should be teaching young soldiers about 
these potential girls that might come into your life forever. Um, they Maybe they should be teaching soldiers about uh, really bad interest rates on car loans at the used car lot uh, outside of the base. Maybe, maybe we should be learning how to pay taxes, how to properly fill out your paperwork for all the taxes. Maybe they should have an online course that soldiers and sailors and airmen and Marine can, Marines can take that it's a really simple course. And all it says is the stripper doesn't really love you. <laughs> Shit like that. But, um, yeah, they're out there, and it's a shame that you can get some. I mean, a, a veteran and also a veteran author writing a story that's been debunked, but trying to ruin someone's life just because uh, you. Why? I mean, what's the, what 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 are you gonna get out of that? I personally don't like uh, putting people down like that. I'm certainly not trying to wreck anyone's career, and I always try to say, if I wasn't there, this is all. I only know what I was taught. But uh, I'm gonna try to talk to uh, Chuck Ritter about this. I'd love to get him on here. Let me know what you think. Try to read that article too, and if I'm missing something there it just it, it seems it seems pretty cut and dry but just the history of that uh, it's she reminds me of the woman if you've ever been to a military base that uh, her husband is an officer and she drives the the car around with the blue thing on the front of it for officer and then she gets out and yells at you because you didn't salute her uh, they're out there <laughs> and i uh, touched on this last week uh, rough, rough week for the SEAL teams. Uh, we lost two of our, uh, two of our guys, Naval Special Warfare Operator First Class, Chris Chambers, and, uh, Naval Special Warfare Operator Second Class, Nate Ingram, were part of the team from SEAL Team 3 that were boarding a ship, smuggling weapons from Iran to Yemen, and um, they, I, I, one of them fell in, the other one jumped in after him, and then they were they, there was a ten day search, and they called it off. They lost him at sea, which um, just, uh, I, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. That that sucks. I, I obviously wasn't there for part of it. I, I wasn't there for all of it. Um, heard a little bit here and there, and um, it, it's it's sad. To, you know, ran into some seals at Shot Show, and it's tough to. Uh, it's always tough. When you lose someone, the, the hardest conversation that uh, I remember having in the Navy was when someone would come up and say, hey, did you know so-and-so? And then it's like, what do you mean, did I know? What happened? And then, and then they tell you. But, um, yeah, these guys were part of, a, part of a team that's over there to do that. They're doing uh, interdiction operations. And we've been doing these since before 9-11. We've um, everything from smuggled Iraqi oil. We did that. And I did a platoon at SEAL Team 2, where we took down the Volga Neft, which was smuggling Iraqi oil. We went on there and took other steak knives. Thought we were pretty high speed. Uh, this, however, is high speed. This is a great mission. Um, with Iran moving moving weapons like that to Yemen, because Yemen is now shooting uh, ships that try to go through that part of the world, hitting them with missiles. And, uh, you know, they're, they're riding on the coattails of... Uh, all the anti-Semitism, pretty much. This is their excuse. They've always been there, and the Houthis have been fighting the Saudis there for a long, long time because that's the whole Shia-Sunni split, that they don't get along a lot, and that's one of them. But now, uh, because Iran is so pumped up, because for some reason our government loves to give them all kinds of money, and they're going to get a nuclear weapon, too. And that's scary, uh, because you, I don't think you need to uh, think very hard on where they're going to use that weapon. If they have the ability to get it into Israel, that's going to be bad for all of us. 
Uh, whenever you're dealing with crazy people that love death more than they love life and they have the potential to get nuclear weapons as, as long as some United States administration likes to give them huge piles of cash, which I don't understand. We, we don't really get a lot out of Iran. Um, and, I mean, it's, it's a terrorist regime. It's the number one state sponsor of terror, and it's pretty obvious, and we know that, and they're funding people. And I love how they say proxy wars. This is Iran attacking us. This is Iran attacking us near Yemen. This is Iran attacking us in Syria and Iraq. This is Iran. They're rolling through. That's always been Iran. Iran's always a pain in the ass. And for some reason, we feel like we can negotiate them with them. And, and even to the point where you, you got to wonder why that is, and it's the left. The left loves to negotiate with Iran and give them money. They've done it. Pallets of cash. Euros. Um, and they, I, I don't know if they think they're going to – I don't – because even, even – the way, the way that Iran – needs to be dealt with is obviously the money, the sanctions. You need to cripple them that way um, with, you know, their ports and everything. And um, they, uh, they respect power. Uh, their proxy. I mean, we, I don't see, I don't want to call for a war over there too, but they know that we're so weak right now that we're going to do it. And even the, the way to take care of Iran is from within because their, their, their people are good people and they're freedom loving people, but they're being squashed ever since the, uh, the 1979 Islamic Revolution. And we got the Ayatollahs in there, and they're clerics that uh, they're right, you know, as far as uh, religions go. And if I blow myself up, I go to heaven. They know they're right. Uh, and every time they're the people that don't see, it's weird to think about it this way because I don't know if you've heard me talk before about my political leanings, but the way that um, the way to help that part of the country you got to let them do it obviously we can't go in and build your nation for you because we're not good at that but you you need the liberals in that that part of the world to rise up the 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 people who want i mean and their version of liberal is a little bit different than our version of liberal for example in afghanistan if you listen to music you are a liberal and you can probably be executed for that because they're staunch right wing uh, religious folks there, but it seems like every time there's a potential for an uprising, which there can be, and that's the way that's the way it's going to have to be handled in a lot of those places. You know, we try to invade and take over and give them their stuff, but it just doesn't work out that way because it doesn't matter what your intentions are. If you stay long enough, you're an occupier, and it's just that simple. Um, but every time they rise up, then we, including our media too, we we mentioned some media stuff earlier today, and. Um, the media won't even talk about the uprisings in, in, in Iran. For, I say it two different ways, too. Iran, Iran, Persian. Um, the media shuts it down, though, and if you, can't, if you can't do anything with the media, you're not raising awareness, and no one's going to be – no one's going to know what's happening over there. So that's the, uh, the Iran thing. We're concerned. I do talk to friends on Capitol Hill. I, I badmouth D.C. quite a bit, but I have friends there, and they are concerned about uh, them getting a nuclear weapon. And don't worry. If they get one, you'll know. But um, – Part of this is because they are emboldened, especially right now because it's the election season. They can get away with this for another 10 months or 10 months and four years because there's some shit brewing here, too. <laughs> I can't confirm anything, but uh, Democrats are thinking that Biden's not going to make it. And we're mm, starting to hear rumblings of Michelle Obama because did you notice the DNC is in uh, – the conventions in in Chicago, and that's that's uh, that's Obama country. Even even some people get beat up by this is MAGA country, even though that turns out to be false. Um, yeah, 
But Iran's, uh, they're getting ballsy like that. And they, 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 these missions have been going on a long, long time. But I I think with more of a deterrent, um, they wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily be like this. It's a shitty situation. I feel really bad for the families and the, and the community, the teams. They launched off. Um, I was looking where they launched off of. They, they, uh, the, the USS Lewis B. Polar, which is an expeditionary sea base, which is kind of a cool sounding ship, don't you think? It looks like a. I guess this one was commissioned like in uh, just a couple of years ago, and uh, it's out of Bahrain. I think it was 2017. It was commissioned, and um, the seals were on this base, and and you use that as a forward staging base. So basically, you get onto a place and you have all of your assets, which would be your guns, your gear, your boats. And I think they used uh, special boat units, special boat teams. Sorry, they they were special boat units when I was there, but they changed changed it to uh, teams right around the same time. They gave everybody a black beret in the army because uh, everybody's special now. But um, yeah, I think they use those. And 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 all you do on a on a platform like that is you bring like your two bags with you, you have your stuff, and then you kind of wait. Get really good at playing spades. We got good at playing spades, man. Fun game. But yeah, they launched off there, and then uh, I guess the seas were really bad. I haven't talked to anybody who was there. But I know they called off the search, and that's just uh, that's a shitty way. I mean, I don't even like to talk about it. Just uh, falling in there. I mean, it's it's eventually dehydration and exposure are going to get you, um, and that just can't be fun. I don't know if they were they got together with each other, if they were um, if if they connected or whatever. I don't know if they used their flares or whatever. I think they were finding gear and stuff. So who knows? It sucks. Um, thoughts and prayers with those two guys and their families. It is a big ocean out there. If you've never crossed it, you should probably probably do that. Um, I know a lot of people are afraid of flying over the ocean. Uh, sailing is a different animal, too. I've seen uh, rough seas and uh, smooth seas. We, we did a cruise on the USS Austin, which is mothballed now in Philly. I saw it um, in 1998. And somewhere along the line, seven seven days into it or whatever. And I don't think the Navy ships go straight across. I think they zigzag across. I think they're always drilling and stuff like that. But not us. Uh, on that uh, sea, air, and land turned into sleep, eat, and lift. We had a guy on my cruise on the Austin that um, had the bottom bunk. in. We, we had an entire platoon in a room. So you're in, uh, you're in tight quarters. You got your little... Metal stairs that come down into into the room with one metal picnic table and like beds racks, if you will. I think they were three or four high. I've seen four high before. These were might have been three high, and these are the beds too that like when you if you want to roll over, you got to get out and position yourself because they're too narrow to roll over. And then all of your belongings, if you're a sailor, are underneath your rack in your little compartment. That's why Navy boot camp teaches you how to fold your stuff. Because you got to make the most out of it. You got to make the most out of the room that you don't have. But there was a dude in one of the lower racks that would, <clears throat> he'd done a few platoons and I was a new guy. And I had a couple, uh, shoot, we had like five new guys, I think, in that platoon, maybe more. But he would send guys to get um, get Cokes and Snickers bars because nutrition. <laughs> Just feed them to him, I guess. Get up when you got to do a duty or maybe uh, avoid getting your... Um, whatever kind of bed rash you might have in there. But that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, it's fun to get, it's fun to get across the ocean too. And I, I never did tip over, 
So I don't think the world's flat, but the flat earthers are, are fun. But, you know, I was uh, just reading about being at sea. I, I don't know, doing history stuff on a plane or whatever. And I was reading about being at sea because, I, I, you know, just I wanted to find out um, what what's going on out there. And I was reading a little bit of history on it, too. I guess one of the one of the um, a danger back in the day, we're talking like the 1800s, 1700s, 1700s, there were these gangs that uh, they were called press gangs. They would wander around uh, England and uh, force people into the king's army, or the king's navy. So it didn't matter if you're English, American, Canadian, Irish, whatever. They they could like they'd beat you up and you'd wake up on a ship. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And uh, obviously, back in the day, you didn't really have a winning way to tell your family, so you're just gone from loved ones for years at a time. And uh, that was one of the dangers, too, and I was reading if that was the most dangerous thing around that time, but I guess it wasn't. The, uh, the most dangerous thing at sea was uh, your food, because you could get scurvy. You ever heard of scurvy? Scurvy killed more than 2 million sailors between the time of Columbus's transatlantic voyage to the rise of the steam engines in the mid-19th century. And uh, they were, uh, the problem was so common, the scurvy, that uh, ship owners and governments assumed a 50% death rate from scurvy for sailors on any major voyage. Can you imagine that? Hey, we're going to go to sea. By the way, half of you motherfuckers are going to die <laughs> of scurvy, too. Um According to historian Stephen Brown, scurvy was responsible for more deaths at sea than storms, shipwrecks, combat, and all other diseases combined. In fact, scurvy was so devastating that the search for a cure became what Brown describes as a vital factor determining destiny of nations. And this is from the Science History Institute Museum and Libraries where I'm getting this information because I'm reading about sailors dying from scurvy while I'm looking at illustrations from uh, different books the rhyme of the ancient mariner scurvy was responsible for all that stuff. Um, there was a quote. I, we're going to get off of scurvy here in a second, but uh, this is this is um, this is a quote from someone that got it. I guess uh, he says, "It rotted my it rotted all my gums, which gave out a black." and putrid blood. My thighs and lower back were black and uh, gangrenous. Gangrenous, gangrenous. And I was forced to use my knife each day to cut into the flesh in order to release the black and foul blood. This does not sound like fun. I also used my knife on my gums where they were livid um, and growing over my teeth. When I had cut away the dead flesh and caused much black blood to flow, I rinsed my mouth and teeth with my urine. What are we reading here? This is the first time I've read this. I didn't know we were going to get into this. Uh, rubbing them very hard. And the unfortunate thing, so that wasn't the unfortunate thing. He said, the unfortunate thing was that I could not eat, desiring more to swallow than to chew. 
Many of our people died of it every single day. We saw bodies all thrown into the sea constantly, three, four at a time. So that's scurvy. Uh, and I'm not even sure why the hell we're talking about that right now. We, I guess we were bringing up uh, being out at sea and being in the Navy and how much fun that can be. I don't think, now that I think, I mean, I read that thing about scurvy back in 1802. I, I guess it wasn't that bad on the USS Austin. I did have a better time on the carriers. Um, more food, more people, more fun, if you will. And it didn't rock as much. The the Austin was a flat bottom boat with uh, it would rock when there were certain times in, in the Atlantic Ocean when you're playing risk with Marines and you go to reach for a piece and all of a sudden you're 20 feet away from the the damn board because of the um, because of the waves and the like. But the the newer ones and they have the double keel ones that don't rock at all. That's pretty neat. Some of those stealthy ships. Looking forward to seeing some of those. Uh, I was also in my uh, in my reading here. Just, I'm just trying to keep us all informed and entertained with other stuff that we can uh, we can talk about. This is an interesting story. On this day, January 24th, 1972, local farmers on Guam. I've never been to Guam, but that's the one apparently a congressman said he was concerned with too many people getting on Guam and it might capsize. And he was serious, thinking these are people in Congress thinking it's a floating city, not like the floating ship that, that does float. This is actually a mountain that's covered in water and that makes an island. But uh, on January 24th, 1972, lo- local farmers on Guam discovered Shiochi Yokoi, I hope I'm saying that right, a Japanese sergeant who fought in World War II. So this is a 1972 fought in World War II. He was still hiding in the jungle 26 years after the official end of the war. That is some serious commitment. Japanese soldiers had been trained that death was preferred to the disgrace of being captured alive. That's a big one there. And Guam is a 200-square-mile island in the Western Pacific. It became a U.S. possession in 1898 after the Spanish-American War. In 1941, the Japanese attacked it and captured it. And in 1944, after three years of Japanese occupation, U.S. forces retook Guam. It was at this time that Yokoi, left behind by the retreating Japanese forces, went into hiding rather than surrender. So he decided, I'm going to, yeah. And uh, I guess while he was there, he carved survival tools for the next three decades, waiting for the Japanese army to return and with his next orders. So this guy's a pipe hitter, and he's waiting for orders. He's not even—he's not just hiding. He's ready, he's, he's ready to fight in 1972. After he was discovered, though, in 1972, he was finally discharged and sent home to Japan, where he was hailed as a national hero. He subsequently married and returned to Guam for his honeymoon. His handcraft survival tools... And uh, threadbare uniform are on display at the Guam Museum in Ghana. That's pretty cool, man. Can you imagine doing that? How long is he in there for? A long, long time. 26 years in there. What are you eating? You can eat some worms. I like how he made the tools. That's pretty dope. Pretty sick. But that was uh, on this day, January 24th, 1972. But it is fun on slow news days. To try to talk about anything else, I mean, it, they're going to be covering the election now until the elections on the first Tuesday of November of this year. I don't know if you've heard. It's an election year, but it's always an election year, and we talk about it a lot, too. I don't know if if, uh, if you necessarily want to talk politics here. I, I like to talk current events, and I like to stay up to date, and, and politics seems to uh, own that, and I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to come up with new ideas, too. I was, I was looking at the... Uh, the history of today, January twenty fourth, which is which is pretty uh, pretty cool. I, I always like looking at days in history because they're not going to go anywhere. And we'll always have something to talk about. On this day, January twenty fourth, back in nineteen sixty five, Winston Churchill died at the age of ninety. Uh, here's one 
1986, I hope I wrote that down right, Voyager 2, January 24th, uh, did the closest flyby of the planet Uranus. Uh, discovered 10 new moons and the, the weird uh, systems on that planet Uranus. Uranus is, is uh, probably my favorite planet. Well, but, you know, after Earth, but... It's at least, if nothing else, it's it's fun to say. It reminded me of a funny joke someone told me one time. Um, what's worse than ants in your pants? Uncles. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it, on this day in two thousand three, I would have thought it was later than that, but I, I, we founded the Department of Homeland Security. Tom Ridge was the first secretary, sworn in by George Bush. That's uh, again, um, government. Getting bigger and larger, and and getting you know, dealing with the uh, flying every day and dealing with the TSA too. And I don't envy, I don't envy that job. <clears throat> we all give TSA some shit, but because we have to deal with them once in a while, they have to deal with us every single day. So I don't think TSA gets a, uh, uh, they get kind of a bad rap. I mean, yeah, they, 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 yes, they touch testicles, but it's also part of the job description, and they're they're doing what they're told. <laughs> Uh, and it, it just it's so weird though to see people have their wheelchairs and their medals of honor checked out by people when uh, in the same airport like in Tucson where they're letting migrants in and um, they don't check anything anything they don't check their uh, vaccination status they don't they don't check anything put them on a plane fly them somewhere and they're seeing that everywhere I mean even with the thing in uh, New Hampshire recently they're they're talking about how immigration is their number one issue. They said that uh, illegal immigrants are all over Cape Cod now, too. I, I haven't been up to the Cape in a couple of months. I will be back soon. I love going to the Cape. But um, just, you know, the southern border is so wide open, and you're seeing effects as far as Cape Cod. Not Martha's Vineyard, because they make sure to kick them out and help them on their journey and what have you. But also on this day, here's a good one. In 1935, the uh, first can of beer went on sale from the... Gottfried, sorry, my, my little thing went off there. The Gottfried Kruger Brewing Company delivered 2,000 cans of uh, Kruger's Finest Beer and Kruger's Cream Ale to faithful drinkers. That's right around Richmond, Virginia. I always had a good time in Richmond, Virginia. I like it there. Pretty cool spot. But, yeah, it, uh, they, so they started making cans of beer. We know what happened. And, and as soon as I, I guess as soon as they did that, the uh, sales went up 550%, which is, which is really, really good on this day, though. The... Uh, the beer. Well, we were talking about Navy and we were talking about, about beer. And I've seen this, I think, twice in my career. It says, by the book, ships in the Navy can can <laughs> be authorized to give two beers to each member of crew after they serve. How many days at sea? Take a guess. It's 45. Um, I would have, I, I, if I could take callers, I would, but I couldn't. It's four, 45 days at sea, then you can have uh, two beers because I guess they keep beer in the magazine next to the weapons and, and whatnot. And then we have what we call steel beach because the, the ship is made of steel and you go out to the beach. It's a steel beach on the, on the pad eyes. And, uh, you usually have a barbecue and it's not uncommon for them to have steak and lobster. Whenever you're in the military and they serve you steak and lobster and it's not a holiday, I would question why I'm getting steak and lobster. Cause we might be about to get into some, uh, some shit, but, uh, Navy and, Beers at sea, the first can of beer, 1935. That's pretty cool. Speaking of beers, too, um, Armed Forces Brewing Company in Norfolk, Virginia, is having a grand opening. So if you're around there, it's it's in it's in Norfolk, uh, 
211 West 24th Street, Norfolk, Virginia, 23517. We're, they're doing a thing. I'm not going to be able to make it. I just went to Vegas for the SHOT Show, and we're, uh, we're going to have a baby soon, so I need to stay home just to, in case of contingency operations around the house because the my wife, Jessica, or as I refer to as the commanding officer, would like to have me here. But they're having the thing, and I'm probably going to Zoom in. Um, so it's Saturday the 27th will be their grand opening. I'm going to Zoom in and, and say hi to everybody. If you're going to be there, definitely check it out. There's going to be some some uh, some great people there. So beers and Navy and first can, canned beers, that's exciting too. That, that, that first deployment that I did was awesome on the USS Austin, where I um, I think it's where I got – I think I started my journey to knowledge just based on traveling around and seeing places. And, and a few of the spots that we went, we were some of the first Americans to get into countries like um, Romania and uh, Ukraine. We went up there on the Austin through the Black Sea and worked with uh, Ukrainian special forces, which was that was a unique experience, too, because those are some those are some serious dudes. They're uh, mainly former Russian Spetsnaz. Uh, special operators and it was it was awesome to go hang out with them and then see what they do see ukraine is what we call a a very corrupt country uh and i I don't know if you've noticed but it kind of stayed that way and if you're in a corrupt country working for a corrupt government it's a lot of fun we had a lot of fun in, in ukraine a lot of bullets a lot of uh um range time camaraderie bonfires the light they took us to their their spetsnaz island which was cool um, and it was neat to be there. Another, uh, couple cool things we saw there too. When, when, when we pulled into Odessa, Ukraine, which is a port city on the USS Austin, there was like marching bands outside and, uh, all kinds of locals. And it's simply because they, they want us to bring our, our economy into their economy. And then this is back in 1998, mind you, well, way before, <coughs> way before, um, all the nonsense going on right now, but, uh, corrupt. Yes. The locals were there because they were hoping that we could rescue some of their <clears throat> family members out of Ukraine and bring them to the United States, to the big PX in the sky. So they had people. It was I remember talking to some of the sailors uh, after they left the ship and walked past the marching band. There were girls outside waiting to meet some of the guys. We had all dudes, all dudes on the USS Austin, and the girls wanted to meet them because they wanted to marry them. They made it very, very convenient to walk past churches. Oh, we get a picture here? And they take a picture in front of the church, and this is before iPhones. We all had those little Kodak, who, who's your daddy's too. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down into my, uh, I've got this tub of pictures labeled the global war on tourism. I'm going to grab some of those Ukraine pictures out. It was fun to see that. And then it was, uh, they gave us a resort in Ukraine. So this is right around, I'm thinking December. 1998 so it's dead over there because of um the weather and the resort's not exactly packed but they gave us an entire resort for i think we had 14 dudes in bravo platoon seal team two and so we went to um went to the resort i remember going to the front desk they had a restaurant bar in the front we checked in went to my room as soon as i came back because the place was dead as soon as we came back to the bar there was uh 20 20 women and one dude and apparently they were there to meet the Americans, which no, nothing happened, but it was uh, kind of interesting to see that part of the world, not necessarily a third world country, but people just dying to get out. And uh, I guess the way to do that is <clears throat> go in a group of 20, bring your pimp with you. And then we went to uh, Romania, Dracula's Castle, which was completely awesome. Got uh, stories about Vlad the Impaler. And uh, that was great. Y- you know, but but looking through New York, uh, no, sorry, not New York, but Ukraine, um, I was looking at the money that we're spending in Ukraine right now uh, on whatever it is that we're doing. 
And we, you know that we've spent more um, if you add inflation than we did for the Marshall Plan in 1948. We've already spent more. Remember, the Marshall Plan was when we were, were rebuilding Europe after World War II. Uh, on April 3rd, 1948, President Truman signed the, he called it the Economic Recovery Act. Sound familiar? The Economic Recovery Act of 1948. It became known as the Marshall Plan because uh, it was named after Secretary of State George Marshall, who died in 1947. But they're going to spend a couple, uh, I think it was $13.3 billion. Doesn't sound like a lot nowadays, does it? It's because we've deluded ourselves into, into um, not realizing what's going on. But we've spent more now in in Ukraine than we did on the Marshall Plan. That's rebuilding Europe after a world war. So there's our uh, economic policies and whatnot. But th- those are our days in histories. And, 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 and digging through a little bit, uh, in, you know, in between Vegas and New York and flying around and whatnot, I, I have a chance to, uh, I like to, to Google, sorry, I like to use certain um, websites to help me find stuff. Seeker is the one that I like to use. Actually, I shouldn't have said the other word. But uh, I guess they're looking, there's an ambitious plan to build America's tallest building. And they're looking at building a skyscraper, 1,907 feet. That's a big skyscraper. The Freedom Tower, One World Trade, I think they call it, is uh, 1776. They're going to build this one, 1,907 feet in Oklahoma, which is awesome, I think. They're going to uh, put uh, residential condos and commercial space, help drive the city's expansion. Oklahoma City, man, getting after that. That's cool. So just a little bit of current events, a little bit of um, round the world, whatnot, and up to Uranus. So uh, so, so there is that. A little traveling, U.S. Navy, and then beers at sea. <laughs> but there is a, there's one more thing that caught my eye, too. Uh, and there's been a lot of this. With the artificial intelligence, have you been seeing some of the fake political ads and whatnot? It's going to be – that's going to get pretty dangerous because it looks and sounds just like the person they're trying to imitate, but it's not. I, I've seen a couple things. Uh, yesterday was the New Hampshire primary, and there was robocalls going out with Joe Biden uh, talking on it, but it wasn't Joe Biden. It was artificial intelligence, but it sounds just like him, and that's, that's going to be dangerous because the operatives – uh, you know, whoever they are, are going to be able to manipulate stuff. And then we, the people as, uh, and I'm going to lump myself in there as well as, as dumb as we can all be, uh, might believe that stuff too. And, and when it gets with the, the, the video, the audio, and it looks like someone's saying that they might not actually be saying that could be a problem because you're not even getting the truth. And what we've found out is, I mean, even with some of the stuff that I was talking about, a few minutes ago, like with uh, Sergeant Major Ritter, um, sometimes the truth doesn't matter, too. It's all about getting the clicks, all about getting the likes. <clears throat> and that's dangerous when you're getting into politics. Because if, I mean, the the voter isn't, with all due respect, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people are are up to up to speed on a lot of certain things. Like the, I think any of the people that can't get into a conversation without screaming aren't necessarily learning anything. Aren't necessarily making an attempt. I was listening to some interviews today with a, a respectful interview uh, interview today with a guy on the left and the guy on the right, and they were simply just stating what they thought and why. And what was what was cool about it is, if you can realize, even though you differ on certain stances if we're trying to get to the same result, maybe everything's okay because these two gentlemen that we're talking 
one a Democrat, one a Republican, they both agreed on what they want to try to fix. Everything from, like I just mentioned, the Marshall Plan, we've spent more in Ukraine. Um, obviously, everyone, most people are concerned about crime. Most people are concerned about the border now. I mean, it takes an ass whipping to realize you might have been on the wrong side of it. But you will see pundits when when someone someone like me uh, or anyone that has a little bit of a following says anything about the open border and wanting security for the country, they're labeled as anti-immigrant, which is complete nonsense. Not anti-immigrant. Um, <clears throat> especially when we're seeing people from different parts of uh, Africa coming here and different parts of the, the Middle East coming here, not with the intent of working, but there are videos of them wanting to destroy this. People, Middle Eastern men saying, well, you don't know who I am, but you will type stuff. That's a threat, and it's coming across the, the border. But, um, you know, if, if you can, if you realize that you kind of want the same thing, then um, then it's okay. But when people start screaming at each other, I doubt, I, I think anyone that's screaming in the first place probably isn't that educated anyway. That's just me. And, and uh, we, you know, we should be concentrating more on, teaching our youth that this country is great instead of trying to teach this country it's horrible to teach them that our country's horrible we're the only country in the in the world that does that uh like every other country does propaganda to build up to prop up their country yet we use propaganda to destroy ours and i'm not sure what the reason is for that because everyone gets an opportunity if this country wasn't great so many people wouldn't be um dying to get here it's not an easy road, even if the cartels are paying for you, which they are. It's not an easy road to get here, to get where you're going and then have to walk up. But um, yeah, this, so there's this uh, AI stuff too now. It's just it's putting out again, and I hate saying misinformation or all that bullshit because uh, you get your fact checkers who you don't even know who they are. And it just sucks that we're going to have you know the Terminator out there <laughs> making robocalls on our behalf. Uh, and anytime we're questioning our elections too, it's just – it's. Um, I was I talked earlier about the uh, the Republicans trying to pay off uh, Carrie uh, Lake. That's dangerous because you're getting power players, and we're to a point. You know, we're at that 200 uh, plus year mark where dictators, you know, might just might just start showing up. I mean, <clears throat> um, well, right now we're, we should be having um, right around right around now is the time for the State of the Union address when the president gets in front of the nation and the world, and. Um, it's an annual message where he talks about the State of the Union, but the problem right now is we all know the State of the Union. We all know what's happening. I just went to the grocery store today. It's expensive. I'm making, uh, get a little of this. I'm making ramen lasagna. Yeah, I said it. Uh, I saw this recipe on the gram, and dude put ramen noodles, a little bit of the seasoning, ricotta cheese, heavy cream, more cheese, baked it, and that is what I'm going to do. So I'll give you a full full-on report of that uh and that's basically the history of today we got the cans of beer we got winston churchill god bless him. winston churchill if you don't follow what he's been up to or what he was up to some of his quotes are the best he's a he was a, he was a hell of a dude he's part of the reason that uh, we were able to get into world war ii um and win it uh with that and then uh armed forces brewing company go check them out for sure because they are having their grand opening on Saturday, that would be the 27th. Today is January 24th, Wednesday. Definitely go check out Watchtower Firearms. I was very impressed. Uh, I was out there with Rick Cascara, like I said, at Vegas, the SHOT Show. Go check out the Nisro 15. That's the coolest gun. That, I, I know I've told you about it before, but it's um, it's a gun we designed from the ground up to the down to the smallest little pin 
uh, based on the gun that I carried in a Bin Laden's bedroom. It's, except this is made in the United States, in America, in Texas. Doesn't get more American than that. Go check out uh, Watch Out Firearms for sure. Great gun. Uh, best gun I've ever fired. Um, yeah, so that should be it for the travel. That should be it for today. Still trying to catch up, taking notes on different things. Always a lot of fun to talk about. Make sure you follow the Operator Podcast on Instagram. That one is not, as I know right now, is not restricted just yet. Mikuya, like I said, is. But I will answer them. If I can't answer them, I will find the answer for you. So keep the dialogue up. There's nothing wrong with effective communication. There's no reason to be screaming at each other. And if you watch Uranus, you're never out of the fight. <laughs>